of radio. What's going on, everybody? We are back. This is episode 175 of the Dark Windows podcast. My name is Kevin. I'm Kevin. And we are recording live but semi-remotely yes. because Kevin's got, uh, I don't know, I don't know, some kind of fucking uh, monkey disease or something, <laughs> whatever the fuck he's got. He's got uh, eight pox or, I don't know, some shit, fish uh, lung, I don't know. I, I possibly have COVID. He might have know. the coof. But. We we have a whole bunch of it going around, so Yay. I am being precautious. Yeah. So I don't want Kevin to get, you know, the disease. It's a virus, not a disease. That's okay, though. If it was a disease, it'd be a much different thing. But, you know, nobody needs long AIDS. It's all good. So... This week, since our recording schedule last week got a little fucked due to work schedules and stuff like that, we didn't get a chance to record our sports episode. So we're going to do it now. We are going to do some sports riots. Um, and I think we each have, what, two to talk about? Yeah. We originally did have a few more, but with Kevin not feeling great, we kind of wanted to narrow it down a little bit just so he doesn't have to talk as much. And... uh you know, hopefully not feel like shit worse than he already does. Um, <clears throat> what we can do at some point, since we do have these extra ones, if we ever want to bring back Patreon, we could do a secondary part for that on the Patreon. Mm. You know, and uh, we'll see. We kind of see how that goes. Um, but before we get too far. Hey, heads up. Check that bad boy out. Oh, yeah. My shit I've been waiting for. Yeah. Uh, so what he has just received was a gift. Well. Uh, no. no. Not no, a no. gift. He bought it, but my I wife just made it. I bought the fucking shit. <laughs> let's, let's, uh... He made, he bought himself a gift that my wife had to make, but. She just he, had to put the graphic on it. He has received his long range finger kill shirt, which you can also buy at dwpmerch.com. Shirts are $22 for our in-house original designs. And then uh, the Lizard Unabomber shirt and the Varg Black Metal shirt are both uh, $25. Um, but this one is fucking kick-ass. I am waiting on my copy of this because it's an excellent fucking shirt. You guys are going to love these. Um, but yeah, with uh, without much further to do, let's... Uh, Let's hop into some sports shit. What do you think? Yeah, let's do this. You want to lead the charge? No, let's see. Well, what's the? Well, my early one was. Uh... Oh Jesus! I lost my shit here. Don't lose your shit. My earlier one it was from. God damn it! Nineteen seventy-four. So which is uh, sooner? Because mine's ninety-three. So, yeah, we'll, we'll do my first one first. Okay. Um, and actually, what we're going to do, well, after we uh, kind of go over some stuff, we're going to watch a little bit of video for each one of these and kind of comment over them. Um, yes. My first one is an event that became known as Ten Cent Beer Night. Um, so, 
any anybody that knows me knows that I am a diehard baseball fan, as is Kevin. He, you know, both fans of the sport. Um, some of our overseas listeners, you may not understand some of the references we're going to make while we're talking about this. And some of our American listeners, if you don't watch baseball, you probably won't get it either. But we're not here to talk about sports. We're here to talk about violence that just so happens to coincide with sports. Yes. So... So in 1974, the Cleveland Indians and Texas Rangers were both uh, bad, like very, very bad. Uh, the Indians finished their season at 77 and 85, and the Rangers would finish theirs at 84 and 76, <clears throat> which wasn't as bad. But they ended up they ended up five games out of first place behind the Oakland A's, who would actually that year go on to beat the Dodgers in the World Series. So it's not bad. You're basically the runner-up in your division to the team that went on and won the World Series. Mm -hmm. So not awful. Definitely could have been worse. So just to kind of hop back real quick, in 1971, Cleveland hosted a five-cent beer night that went off with no issues. So basically, you went in, and the beers that were usually 65 cents, you were getting them for five cents. Yeah. And no no problem. No fights, none, none of that bullshit. So just a little bit of backstory between 1971 and 1974. This is kind of like 1971 and the events that we're going to talk about mostly. There had been a game the week before the riots where the teams played at uh, Ranger Stadium in Arlington, Texas, where this whole hullabaloo really started. So it's the bottom of the fourth inning. Tom Greaves starts off by drawing a walk. So he goes to first. Lenny Randall then comes to the plate next. And hits a, hits a real hard shot at the Indians' third baseman, John Lowenstein, who tags third and then throws to second to try to double him up. Because it, it was a hot shot right down the line. He barely had to move. He just right foot on the bag, fires it off to second. Yeah. Uh, Randall breaks up the double play by sliding into the bag really, really hard and actually spikes second baseman uh, Jack uh, Bromer. And... Uh, more so back then than now, shit like that didn't go unanswered. If you spiked somebody, you were going to get fucking popped your next at bat. It, it still happens. I mean, it doesn't, you know, I mean, they don't do it as much now. No, but it's it's know. a different game than it was then. Like, back well, then, that shit. Yeah, they were a bunch of fucking monsters back then. Yeah. I mean, they were, like, ruthless. Yeah, they're doing cocaine and drinking in the dugout and shit. It was a yeah. completely different game. I mean, you could probably catch somebody smoking a fucking cigarette dude okay so i no shit my for my 18th birthday my cousin don and her husband at the time got me tickets to a red sox royals game i'd never been to a red sox game ever and i love love me some red sox as do you i assume um but we got into the park a couple hours early because we wanted to go do like the the stadium tour and watch batting practice and all that shit mm -hmm. so we do the tour. We go back out to the field. We're watching batting practice. And we go out over by Pesky Pole, which is in right field for anybody that's not familiar with Fenway Park. And there's just, there's thousands of like signatures on the pole from fans that have signed it. So I'm just kind of looking at him. And the guy that used to play right field for him, his name was Trot Nixon, is running laps around the field. And he's got this huge fucking wad of dip in. Like, you can visibly see his cheek, like, squashed out like a fucking chipmunk just storing nuts. So, he's coming around, like, out through left field. And you could see the, the dipper he's got in as he's coming back behind the plate. 
He gets behind the plate and stops and then starts running again. I'm like, okay, maybe he's, you know, timing himself or whatever. As he's coming up the fucking, up the first base side of the field, you can see fucking smoke rolling. He stopped, lit a cigarette, and kept running with a fucking dipper in. And I'm like, that guy may potentially be my dad. <laughs> he didn't have a beer in his hand going, but hey. Um, so in the eighth inning, uh, Milt Wilcox throws a pitch behind Lenny Randall. Uh, anybody, again, not familiar with baseball, Somebody throws a ball in the high 90s directly at you or behind you, it's pretty fucking scary. Yeah. Because if they throw it behind you, you really can't go anywhere because technically if you touch the plate as the batter, you're out. Yep. So you can't really go towards the plate. No. So you have nowhere to go. It's nope. It's kind of fucking scary. So the next pitch, Randall lays down a bunt, and when Wilcox, the pitcher, picks it up and he tries to tag Randall, Randall just fucking hammers him with a forearm. And I didn't realize this, but that was a pretty common thing back in the 50s and 60s, where if you got plunked, as a hitter, you can't do anything to get back at the pitcher. So a lot of these guys, like Mickey Mantle used to do it a lot, I guess. He'd lay down a bunt down the first baseline, so the pitcher had to field it, and as soon as the pitcher got anywhere near him, he'd basically just fucking clothesline him. (laughs) So I want to run a quick video here, Kev, so we can watch this and uh, we can see the impact... (laughs) Um, so here we go. We got the, uh, again, top of the fifth Randall. There's the pitch behind him. It looked like it almost hit him. Okay. Here comes the bunt down the line, picks it up. He went, he goes out of his way and fucking blows him up. And then the first baseman tackles him, like hits him like a fucking free oh, safety. Well, yeah. Cause you, you, that's, that's your pitcher. Yeah. And now you there's know. just this huge fucking like brawl on the field. Okay. There's Indians everywhere. There's Rangers everywhere. There's dudes just piling up, pounding the fuck out of each other. But that first baseman, I mean, let's go back and watch that again real quick because that was a, that wasn't no arm tackle. That was, he took him down and he's just fucking feeding him shots on the side of the head. Uh, and then as the fight kind of gets broken up, the, uh, the Rangers players are going back to the dugout and their backup catcher gets a beer thrown directly on him over the dugout and then tries to climb the dugout and then three more, <laughs> three players pull him off. And he's, like, trying to fight his own guys, trying to get back up into the stands to fucking smack a fan around. Yeah, and, and, and then the, 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 what is it, the security guard, oh, the, like... That's not like, even security. Those are cops. Like, those oh, are... it's, like, security or maybe cops. Oh, yeah, dude, those are cops. He's, they're, like, they're, like, they're, like, looking over, like, which one did it? And he's, like, that one. And he, like, points at an old guy, like, that one. Almost looks like he points at an old guy, like, that one. Yeah. <laughs> the cops are, like, I'll go fucking baton that man. I don't care. Um... So that was that was what kind of caused this entire thing. Okay. So then after the game that the Rangers actually went on to win 3 nothing, after the game, uh, one of the uh, – uh, a road reporter for the Indians uh, sits down with uh, Rangers manager Billy Martin. Uh-huh. Uh, and Billy Martin, if you're any kind ass. of a baseball fan, you kind of know who Billy Martin is. Uh, crazier than a shit house rat. I mean, he this guy won five World Series with the Yankees as a player. He won two more with them as a manager. And he's like five foot six, but he'll fucking fight anybody. He is just a rugged little fucker. So this reporter sits down with him and asks him, quote, are you going to take your armor to Cleveland next week? To which Billy Martin, being a legendary smartass, replies with, uh, 
nah, there won't be enough fans there to worry about. Because <laughs> that's fucking Billy Martin. Um, so six days later, on June 4th, 1974, the Rangers travel, uh, traveled to Cleveland, um, and uh, Indians officials were expecting the average of about 11,000 fans because they... <sighs> Cleveland is a hard city for sports. <laughs> You had a lot of diehard fans, but just not a lot of them show up for the games. Yeah. Um, they were averaging that season anywhere between 6,000 and 11,000 fans a game. That's oh. nothing. That When the place seats like 40,000 people and you get 6,000 guys showing up, oh, hell. it's kind of fucking sad. I mean, it, well, nowadays, they're a little bit more. Now, Yeah, now. I but, mean, the 90s, well, when Albert Bell and... Sandy Alomar. Who, by the way, was a huge asshole, if you didn't know that. I didn't know. Albert Bell was a prick. But, like, when all, a lot of that, when they were on the on the team. A young Manny Ramirez. Yeah. Yep. You yeah. know, they were, they when they were good. They had a hell of a team, but they just couldn't, their pitching was not good. No. That's the problem they had. Um, But, like, 74 to, like, 89, that area that range of the Cleveland Indians is what the team from major league is based off of where they were like a, just a fucking tossed together shit show of players yep. and nobody expected anything out of them because they weren't going to do anything. So the attendance for this game, after they've done all kinds of PR and radio shows and stuff like that, promoting a 10 cent beer night, uh-huh. the attendance goes from that five to 11,000 up to 25,134 uh, fans. So they, they, they nearly tripled their oh, oh, attendance. Course, yeah. But when you're offering little 12-ounce cups of beer for 10 cents a piece, and the only caveat being you can only buy six of them at a time. Uh-huh. Not six per customer, six per trip to the concession stand. Oh. So you can get fucked up yeah. for like four bucks. Wow, you know that's almost like uh, down in Maryland where my uh, my relatives live. They uh, um, racetrack down there. Mm-hmm. That uh, that what they do is they take a twelve pack box and they cut it in half and uh, they fill it with ice and they'll fucking give you like a six pack. No shit. Oh yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and that's that's in regular stands too. It's like when I first started drinking, there was one of the bars in Rutland where you could go get, like, before the fucking hipsters got after it, you could get PBR. You could get a pitcher of it for two bucks. And I would just buy a pitcher of it and just sit there and fucking just drink. You want a glass? I'm good. I'm not trying to impress anybody. I'm trying to get fucking drunk. <laughs> <laughs> so the Rangers jump out to a pretty early 5-0 lead. And then the crowd starts getting real loud. And uh, obviously they're drunk because they let these guys in an hour and a half before the game. And as soon as the fans started coming in, the concession stands opened up and the beer was flowing. Yeah. So Leah, LaRon Lee, at this point in time, hits a line drive back at uh, Rangers pitcher Ferguson Jenkins, which is a fucking amazing name. Um, The law firm of. Yeah. (laughs) Ferguson, no, Ferguson, I think (laughs) Ferguson Jenkins sounds like a farm, like a farm tractor company. (laughs) All right, all right. Yeah, you're right. So he, he takes a line drive in the bread basket. I mean, he, so baseballs are hard, if you didn't know. No uh, shit. And then they're coming off a bat, and they're, 
they can come off of a baseball bat upwards of 100 miles an hour, and he's 60-some-odd feet away, and he took one right in the fucking breadbasket yeah. and it dropped him. So the fans start chanting, hit him again, hit him again, to which nobody really wants to hear that, you know. So Ferguson is trying to recover and regain his comp- uh, composure, and while he's getting his his time to to you know get his shit back together, some drunk chick jumps over the rails, uh, runs onto the field down to the uh, Indians on deck circle, hauls out her tits and flashes the crowd. <laughs> the home plate umpire is trying to usher her off the field, and as he is, she's trying to kiss him. <laughs> uh, home plate umpire Nestor Nestor Kylak said, quote, I was not in a kissing mood. <laughs> so he's like, put your boobies away, get the fuck out of here. Um, so the next big event would be when Tom Grieve hit his second home run of the game, uh, at which point in time, a fully naked man bursts onto the field and slides into second base as he's rounding it. Fully naked. On uh, hard-packed dirt or clay. Uh. Yeah, you're getting dirt in places, you're getting... I really... Really, I hope for his sake he slid in feet first, because if not, he would have torn his wiener right off. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, that's that's uh, uh, that's. I'm getting phantom phantom dick pains just thinking about that. I'm gonna tell you this much: that's gonna hurt. Uh huh. The scraping, get or dirt going in places. That's gonna leave a mark. As they as they would say in Italian, lay ouch. No, that's not that's not Italian. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> So in the following inning, in a show of uh, some parental bonding, a father and son t- uh, pair run onto the field and moon the crowd in the center field bleachers. Oh. Um, so while all this shit's going on, li- like unbeknownst to unbeknownst. team, yes, oh. team officials, umpires, security, a whole bunch of fans that snuck fucking firecrackers into this game. <clears throat> yeah. I'm not sure how. I. I Obviously, this is before security was a big deal, um, as we'll see later. Um, so they're, they're they're lighting firecrackers, and they're throwing them at each other in the stands. Uh-huh. They're fucking throwing them out on the field at players. Um, so you've got firecrackers, explosions, you know, gunpowder, and for some reason, the waft of marijuana smoke throughout the entire stadium. Because, of course, you know, hey, you go to a baseball game, you're already drinking. Why not get fucking stoned? Who cares? Uh-huh. You know? Um, so as the game continues, more and more fans start, like, kind of rush onto the field here and there. Um, and at one point in time, the Rangers' first baseman had a hot dog thrown at him. <laughs> and while he's picking the hot dog up, he's almost killed by an empty glass gallon jug of Thunderbird wine. And those are the old glass jugs like the thick glass where you can throw it on concrete and they'll bounce so imagine taking uh-huh. that in the side of the head would have fuck, probably would have fucking knocked him out by the seventh inning most of the families that were there in the stands with like kids and uh, basically all the sober folks had decided to get while the getting was good and uh just essentially left a stadium full of drunk lunatics that were about to cause a huge problem bottom of the ninth and the Indians throughout the game have managed to come back and tie the game at five. Uh, fun note, future kid diddler Rusty Torres was on second base representing the winning run for the Indians. And it was at this point in time, 19-year-old Terry Yerrick runs out onto the field and tries to uh, tries to relieve Rangers outfielder Jeff Burrows of his hat and glove. Burrows was a big son of a bitch. He's like 6'1", 200 pounds, 
all fucking chest and arms. Big dude. He's an outfielder. He's gonna he's gonna have you know he's got a cannon on him. So if he had actually punched this guy, he probably would have killed him. Yeah. Um. So as he's trying to get his shit back from this fan, he trips and falls. Billy Martin, <laughs> our Rangers manager from the dugout, sees his guy go down and then sees a fan standing there, and he thinks this guy jumped out like jumped out onto the field and punched one of his guys. So again, Billy Martin, being a psychopath, grabs a bat out of the out of one of the carriages and leads his troops onto field for battle armed with bats and helmets and just basically whatever they could get so as the rangers take to the field swarms of fans mostly drunk uh also these guys coming out of the stands are armed with bottles uh chunks of wood that they've ripped off of the armrests of the of the seats uh, some of them have knives and a couple of guys showed up with chains. I'm not sure how you get a fucking chain through security. Well, they, this wasn't like wand fucking security, you know? No, but like, I'm talking like car chains. What the fuck are you bringing a car chain into the stadium for? Well, either probably had it in a bag or something. Cause back then they didn't really check that. That's just fucking nuts to me. I mean, you know? Uh, so these, these fans are coming out and they end up about 200 of them end up surrounding the the Rangers, who are numbering about 25. Uh-huh. So now realizing that uh, the Texas players are in trouble, Cleveland manager uh, Ken Aspromonte sends his squad out onto the field. It's, you know, per- professional courtesy. <laughs> we don't want to see these guys get killed, even though we fucking hate their guts. Go help. So rioters begin throwing steel chairs onto the field, one of which clipped uh, Indians pitcher Tom Hilgendorf, hit him in the head. Uh, split him open over his right eye pretty good. I mean, he got hit with a fucking metal folding chair. And that was uh-huh. back when they were like rugged-ass metal folding chairs, like the ones that are bolted down into the stadium, the big guys. So Mike Hargrove, who is the Rangers' first baseman, uh, is he's out there kind of surrounded, and this one fan squares up with him, and he just beats the fuck out of him. Hargrove beats the shit out of a drunk fan. Um so then he's, he's had his fill. He's like, I'm done. I'm going back to the dugout before I get in any more trouble. Gets almost to the dugout, and another fan cuts him off, and he just fucking hammered him. Bop! <laughs> <laughs> Goes into the dugout and then right down into the uh, end of the clubhouse. My work here is done. Um, so both teams then kind of go into tactical retreat, and they get back into the dugouts and then down into the clubhouses behind the dugouts. Um, as they're doing that, fans are ransacking the field. They're stealing everything that's not fucking nailed down. Um First, second, and third base, none of which have ever been recovered, were stolen. Um, one of the fans actually got stopped by the cops that finally showed up because he was trying to pull the, the mound up, like the rubber for the mound. He was trying to pull that up to take with him. Um, so just a little aside here, just to give you an idea what kind of security we were dealing with here, there was, uh, you know, 25-some-odd thousand fans, 19 cops. 19 cops pulled security for this game. That's less than one cop per thousand fans. So fans continue to throw shit onto the field, including, uh, you know, their empty cups, popcorn containers, hot dogs, more chairs. Um, somebody whipped a fucking like handheld radio <laughs> out of the upper decks of the, of the bleachers onto the field. And the riot continued for about 20 minutes after everybody, after all the players got off the field. Yeah. Um, the umpires, would then come back out and make an official announcement calling the game over in favor of the Rangers. 
so yes, the Texas Rangers won a 5-5 game. But it's because Indians fans were assholes and they ruined it for everybody. Um, all in all, nine fans would be arrested. And the next time Cleveland did this, they did another 10-cent beer night on July 18th. They limited it to two per customer per trip. So <laughs> you can still get fucking drunk. It's just going to take you longer. So that is 10 cent beer night. But you mind if I throw in a quick Billy Martin story just to talk about how fucking crazy this guy was? Yeah, go ahead. So back when he was playing for the Yankees, uh, him and Mickey Mantle were like buddies. Him and Mickey Mantle and Joe DiMaggio. And uh, they were in, I want to say they were in Texas for a game. And uh, Joe DiMaggio knew a guy down there that owned a bunch of land and they wanted to go hunt. And, you know, they, you know, they pull up to the place and he's like, uh, he knew the guy that owned it. So he's like, I'll go in and talk to him, hang out here, see if we can, uh, see if he'll give us permission to go out and hunt deer for a little bit. Goes in shooting the shit with a guy like, yeah, yeah, go ahead. he's like, the only thing I need you to do is I've got a mule outside. He's really sick. I don't have the heart in me to put him down. Would you do it for me? So Joe's like, yeah, sure. No problem. So again, being a smart ass walks back out to the car and he opens the door and he's like, a ah, son of a bitch motherfucker. And Billy's like, what's going on? He's like, I'll show this son of a bitch for not letting us hunt his land. And, uh, goes to the trunk and gets his rifle fucking loads around it and shoots this guy's mule from across the road. And, uh, just didn't tell him again that this is a fucking prank. Didn't tell him. So Billy hops out, grabs his rifle Fires off three or four rounds. And Joe's like, what the hell are you doing? He goes, get back in the car. I got three of his cows. Let's go. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, the, so a prank turned into a bunch of dead fucking uh, livestock. Because Billy Martin's goddamn crazy. So uh, what's your next one? All right. So my first one is going to be the 1993 Montreal Canadians Stanley Cup riot. Montreal dickheads. Sure. Fucking habs. <clears throat> I hate those guys. <laughs> uh, it occurred in, Mon- in Montreal, obviously, after the Montreal Canadiens won their 24th Stanley Cup. People poured into the streets of the city, and some began to commit acts of vandalism and violence. As you can- do when your team wins. Exactly, I guess. See Philadelphia. Um, while the Canadians were celebrating inside the Montreal Forum. Uh, in the epic, an epicenter of the riot, uh, the epicenter of the riot took place on uh, Saint Catherine Street. If you don't know what Saint Catherine Street is, <laughs> that's where all the whores are. Yes, and strip clubs. Yes, and actual sex clubs where you can watch people fuck on stage. Yes, which seems uncomfortable. I'm, I'm going to uh, say, we're not talking like we've been there. We haven't been. There. No, I'm just saying it, it would. It, it, to me, I it would be never, uncomfortable to like watch people well, fuck live. I shouldn't say I. I have actually been on St. Catherine Street. I've been but at that the was, end of it, but that was like by, during the day. Yeah. So I didn't really like, you know, didn't <laughs> go any further. And you learned a very valuable lesson that day. Prostitutes are nocturnal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, I guess so. They're like raccoons. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they sleep in dumpsters all day, then they come out and fuck everything up. <laughs> Well, uh, I mean, you know, but they don't wash their food before they eat it. They're like vampires, pretty much. They are they are the vampires of the night. You know, they're well, I mean, true vampires, vampires are the vampires of the night. Yeah, but they're the real vampires. Ladies of the, of the evening. You, that's true. They are the ladies of the of. Evening. I dare say ill repute. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 
as some would say. Yes. I mean, I'm not saying that, but we some gonna would. rock onto the Hooker Avenue. Anyway, going sorry. to get you laid. Yeah, yeah, that anyway. doesn't rhyme, but it's fine. Whatever, it, it makes sense. <laughs> yes. Uh, so stores were looted and police cruisers were set ablaze. We'll actually see this. Mostly uh, by mostly peaceful protesters. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the riot caused 2.5 million in damages. Uh, at the height, the high point of the riot, 980 officers were dispatched. Holy shit! And they made 115 arrests. Jesus. Uh, police reported 47 police cars damaged. Eight of those 47 were completely destroyed. God damn. Uh, rioters were arrested after they broke windows, looted stores, and set fires. Some of the rioters were sus- uh, suspected of planning to loot stores using the riot as a decoy. Yeah. 168 yeah. <laughs> people were injured, including 49 of them being police officers. I've never understood the concept of, we're happy, let's burn our city down, or we're mad, let's burn our city down. I I don't. It, the whole thing doesn't make any sense to me. You know, we're upset with this group of people. We're going to burn our neighborhood down. Or, hey, we won a championship. We're going to burn our neighborhood down. Uh, pretty fucking stupid, but hey. Yeah. Yeah. Eey. So let's uh, let's roll that beautiful footage. I, of... This is not beautiful footage. This is fucking <laughs> terrifying. Yes. Okay. So this clip's, uh, this is the. Uh, if you want to find the clip on YouTube, it is 1993-CBC Montreal Stanley Cup riot with Neil McDonald and Tom Kennedy. Um, I will include links to all of this shit in uh, the show notes. So if you want to check any of this stuff out and watch it, feel free. So here we go. Let, it's, uh, let's start it off here. And we're not going to have any audio for this. but That's can, okay, that's yeah. Fine. So People there's some are... dickhead hanging off a stoplight. But there were, at that of point, course. they were all just like yeah. being happy and merry. The cops were, you know, just like, okay, well, they're whatever. Oh, they got tall boots on. Yeah. And there's some fireworks over by the Fiji film thing. Yeah. Of course, People... you know, People hanging on the railings. These guys are just drunk and hanging out, having a blast. That kid's like 12 and he's probably hammered. That guy's definitely drunk in his yeah. blue shirt. This happy couple here, the two shirtless men. And this woman on the on the, I guarantee you, she flashed tits, and that's why they cut away so fast. Yeah. So and now then, they're yeah. holy shit, oh. rocking cars. Oh yeah, jumping on a minivan. Ugh. Jesus Christ. I mean, Christ. fucked up that roof. It, oh holy shit! Oh yeah, my hold, god! Hold, you gotta, you gotta. Oh this, fuck! This, we gotta play that again. Yeah. Quick. The guy like homeboy just super kicked yes. that fucking window. <laughs> he's like, this. That, he's like that car had it coming. He's like. Shawn Michaels super kicks the fucking well, window. The, okay, okay, so that was, that was a good kick because there was no leg slap with that. No, all that contact you're gonna well, hear. You don't know because no, I'm gonna we'll play it frame. again. There was no leg slap. Yeah, but no leg at, slap on contact. That was uh, he was out of frame though. Bam! Oh no, no, because you you do the well, leg slap when you make contact. After it though, he came out and he and he, he hit fucking his leg. kicked the shit out of that window. And now we're rolling this. Uh, See that actually looks like a Chevy Caprice over. Oh. And now they ripped off fucking something from and the bottom. And somebody just whipped a fucking beer can to this line of cops. Yeah, they're getting fucking beat. Somebody's walking around a mannequin. Jeffrey Dahmer stealing a mannequin. Yeah. Oh, that cop car cop is fucked. Fuck. Hitting it with a what looks like a sign or a table or some a shit. A sign. Holy Christ! Look at all now, these people. Now they're moving. Now this it's like is millions of people in the street. St. Catherine Street. Here we come. Let's yep. fucking rob. Hey, hey! Way to go, Montreal! Right. We're gonna steal some shit. I'm, I'm breaking I'm a, into a grocery store. What a dickhead. Yep. Food fight, here it comes. This guy's fucking trash stealing apples. Food fight. 
Oh, music store. Yeah. Let's rock. You remember it. when those were a thing? Yeah. Fucking, where you go buy CDs and shit? I remember going to Virgin <laughs> this Records. This bitch is like, I don't even like this band. I want that CD. I remember going to Virgin Records in New York City. Me too. That was fucking That was fun. pretty neat. Yeah, that was pretty neat. Uh, now we're breaking into a clothing store, looks like. Oh, yes, just... of course. Why steal clothes if you're not going to try them on and see if they fit first? Oh, guys, and this like, guy that owns it is just like, fucked. They're like, come into my joint. Come on. I dare you, <laughs> you little sons of bitches. Oh, here we got a Sikh dude. Yeah. Uh, he's like, yeah. if we've learned one thing about the Sikhs from this show. He's like, they want to come? Bring them. Don't fuck with them. They will he's like, They will fuck you I up. I will use this on them. He's got this like giant metal bar. Oh, oh fuck. Oh. He went down. Oh, here's Down John goes Frasier. Oh, hey, 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 hey. Hey, whoa, is that what I think it was? That was a that was a pretty standard police technique still, huh? Here he goes down. Boom. And then the cops on him. A knee on the side of his neck until they can get another cop there. So I mean they've been doing that for a long time, I guess. Yeah, but then they they get the fuck off. He They're got like, off oh, of him though, yeah. Never mind. Oh, that cop got fucked up though. <laughs> his, his leg is fucked. And they're still just whipping shit like these. Okay, the cops are out here with like, oh, they got their nightsticks. They don't have anything to defend themselves. There's you got no that shields. one fucking kid going na 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 na. Fucking fuckhead setting shit on fire. This one guy's like, shirt. this guy's trying to flame it off, trying to get it. You know, yeah, here come out. the heavies. Still no riot shields though, which kind of blows my mind. Just helmets and <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> these people in their house are like, no, no, it's them over there. Get the fuck out of here. Hop, 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 hop. That's their run. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Their, their, their head's going, wop, 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 <laughs> Yeah. I'm sorry about this, but you're going to have to leave now, okay? Oh, uh, so sorry. Now, these aren't polite Canadians. These are trash Canadians, though. Oh, yeah. So they're like, get the fuck out of here. If this had happened in Toronto, they'd have been like, all right, it's time to break it up. And that guy's talking through his ass. Uh, I, that's probably, I think that's one of the reporters. Holy shit. Look no, 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 no. Go back. You sure? What? Yeah, go back. I said, this guy. Uh... No, no, not him. Right, right, right about here. Oh, 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 dude, he got his whole asshole open. Wow, cornholio. You can see his lunch. <laughs> and here's one of our reporters. He's, he when he his, needs uh, his TV for his bunghole. <laughs> loafers, jeans, a white shirt, and a blazer. That's very professional. And, and he's got his fucking uh, little, uh, little. Uh, Probably got a pager going briefcase too. Briefcase there or yeah. something, you know. He's like, I was just walking home. And here and come then... like sixty cop cars. Holy shit, they got a couple on fire, all burned out. Cop cars are all fucked out and ready to and, go. And tagged or something. Jesus. And now it's over. And, and then we're water trucks. the street. <laughs> this guy, is that glass or snow? Uh, glass. Holy fuck. Okay, so there's what looks like a snowbank on the side of the road, but it is broken glass. That is fucking incredible. Douchebag. Oh, my God. Dude, just like. And, and nobody stole any meat out of the grocery store. Oh, they probably did. I would have been fucking wasted just stealing steaks and running home. Fucking right. I'm going to celebrate tonight, boys. And that guy's fucking hammered, passed out on the table <laughs> on the sidewalk. Holy shit. All right, so, yeah. This so, is th- this is much more of a disaster than Montreal usually is. Yeah, that's... Holy shit. That was, so that was uh, the, the Canadians fans being assholes. And they won. I know. You imagine if they'd fucking lost? Montreal would have been a smoking <laughs> ball of shit by the, by the and next it, morning. Here's the thing. Holy crap. When they won... I was actually up in Montreal then. I was uh oh no shit. I was in sixth grade. They had a uh, we had a class field trip, our sixth grade field trip to uh, Montreal, and I was uh I was there, and I you know heard them all hooting, hollering because they won and everything else, but we didn't actually see all that. Jesus Christ! So yeah, 
speaking of weird events like that, mutual friend of ours, uh, significant other was in Las Vegas during that shooting. Was like two blocks from there. Heard everything happen. Oh wow. Yeah. So it's it's kind of fucking weird, like to know somebody that was at something like that. But also, that was the last time the Canadians won the world the the World Cup, the (laughs) Stanley Cup, and that's probably why. Probably, yeah. But, I mean, let's be real. I fucking hate the Canadians. I, I hate the Canadians. I, I don't appreciate them. I, as a Bruins fan, I, I hate them. But Carey Price deserves a goddamn Stanley Cup because that guy's a national treasure. He needs to go to a different team and win one. Uh. Like Patrick Waugh did. Hate the Canadians. Love Patrick Waugh. Then he went to Colorado and won one with Ray Bork. And I was happy. Why not? So, moral of the story... Fuck Montreal and fuck their hockey team. Exactly. I I would be okay with their baseball team coming back though, because they had awesome uniforms. Yeah. The I old mean, school fucking baby blues. Oh. That was my first. Oh. Uh, that was my first baseball game. Yeah. Was and actually it was. Uh, they had an awesome fucking team that year that I went to see them, to be you know forthright. They actually probably would have won the World Series. They had Andres Galarraga. Dennis Martinez, uh, Jesus, uh, I can't even think of the rest of the guys. What year had. was that? 80 something. Was that like a strike year? May have been. Cause that's the thing is the, the, the expos always had, and, and, and they I never got... had good teams. They had really good individual players that wanted to be fucking incredible well, elsewhere. And the thing is, is when I went there, like I would, I've been there twice or three times, I should say three times. Um, the first time I was there was in the eighties and the fucking stadium was packed. We went with, uh, the Shriners to go see it. Cause my dad was a Shriner Yep. and it was like, we're way the fuck up in the nosebleed section. Um, but it was pretty cool because we got a little tiny bats, wooden bats. Oh, nice. They were given away to us. So it was cool. Uh, then my next time was in the nineties, 93, we went, and I got to see Vlad there. <clears throat> Young Vlad. Vlad Guerrero. Dude, one of my but, all-time favorite baseball players. He is the only non-Red Sox player that I own a jersey for. Uh, and I think, actually, Pedro was on the team then, too. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah would have been right around there. Yeah. And Did they have John Olerud then, too? No, Olerud was there. Helmet-wearing first baseman John Olerud? Olerud was there uh, the first time I went. Thing because they actually were playing the Pirates when the first time I went, I and the Pirates that time had a fucking fantastic team too. Andy events like Bobby Bonilla, Barry Bonds, yeah, Barry Bonds non Roy, yeah, uh, Barry Bonds where he would have gone into the Hall of Fame had he not started shooting maybe fucking bull semen into his ass cheeks, but uh, because he was a fucking wicked player, he was like he was like one of those like guys that'd be like thirty thirty, he'd be like. 30 home runs, 30 stolen bases a season, yeah. no doubt. And he would have fucking been a, like he, a lock. He wasn't, he wasn't the home run guy. Bobby Bonilla was the home run right. guy. Uh, I mean, that, but that was a fucking great game. I he actually even has a holiday, too. Yeah. You have Bobby Bonilla Day where he gets paid a million dollars every year until, like, I want to say it's like 2027. Because the Mets gave him some ridiculous contract. No, and, that was uh, Piazza. No, it was Bobby Bonilla Day. 
Oh, it's a okay. thing. Okay. Uh, and, and they owe him like a million dollars a year until like 2035 or some oh, shit Jesus. like that. And he retired in like 2006. Oh, so <laughs> yeah. Then I went, then I went again uh, in the 2000s. It was packed. I mean, it wasn't great. Uh, who the hell were they playing? Uh, I don't know. Somebody. And I was, I was picking on a uh, guy that actually would later become probably be a Red Sox. Uh, oh shit, I can't remember his name now. Uh, played first base. I don't know. Anyway, I was picking on him, but my brother was drunk and everything. It was weird. It was funny. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that was fun. But, you know, yeah, totally, you know, like, it was weird seeing it, like, you know, like, 80s, packed house, 90s, like, middle of the week or whatever, during the week fucking nobody there at all and then you know but they won but everybody was watching the fucking stanley cup too right and hockey's more important i was gonna say there's no competition well yeah because the expos when they were playing like when the expos existed they didn't have a tv deal they didn't have an english language radio deal so if you weren't at the game the only way you got any information about it was through uh, French-speaking radio, or in the newspaper the next day. Yeah. Um, before we go too far, I actually just got a message from one of our British listeners. Breaking news at uh, on uh, December fifteenth, two thousand one, just found out that uh, David Ferrant from our Highgate Vampire Nerd Fight episode, David Ferrant's dead. Oh. So there's one less fucking maniac running around. Pulling his pud in a cemetery in England, so... Oh, poor bastard. You know? So I guess the other guy won. was the uh, superior wizard and finally <coughs> got him. True. So... You know, back from the grave or whatever. But, uh... And he'll yeah. come back. <laughs> uh, but no, their stadium was fucking nice. Olympic oh, Stadium. gorgeous. And now it's yeah. a fucking shithole. <clears throat> so I've heard. Oh, I mean, well... Yeah. Because they haven't done anything because everybody moved out or whatever. Even the soccer team, they, they no longer play there. They actually have their own stadium to play at so uh but yeah so that's so that's uh that one now i'll do my next one uh actually why don't we take our break quick before we okay, do the second sure. round let's, let's take a break so we'll do a quick break and come right back and finish this bitch off all right we're back back in the saddle again but so my second one for this sports riot fiasco I think it's safe to call it a shit show at this point. <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, is none other than the Tyson-Holyfield 2 fight. Oh, yes. Yes. And if you don't know, this is when the legendary Iron Mike Tyson went a little batshit crazy and bit Evander Holyfield's ear. Understandably went crazy. Or, I'm sorry, I should say ears. He yes. He didn't bite just one. He bit both. But he took a piece of... Uh, his ear with him. He got a souvenir. Yeah. Um, um, but Holyfield deserved it because he was headbutting him that whole goddamn thing. Yeah. Uh, and it's all because he wanted justice because, for, as Kevin said, being headbutted. Uh, the fight was stopped and Tyson was disqualified. Uh, Tyson then had an altercation with a police officer inside the ring. Uh, Are you trying to tell me Mike Tyson has a bad temper? Yes. I don't know if I believe that. To be Back then he did. Uh <laughs> It got worse than that, too. <laughs> yeah. Boxing fans got pissed because the fight was stopped. 
and so they vented their rage as they left the arena, and the casino outside became the war zone. The MGM Grand closed its doors to keep unruly people at bay. It was the first time that the famous venue had been uh, done so since its opening in uh, 1993. This was in 1997. Uh, so the place had only been open for like four years. Yeah. So it's fairly new still. Now, somebody... I'm sorry, where was this again? This was the... MGM Grand. Oh, shit. Okay. I thought that place was way older than that. Yeah, I don't know. Damn, okay. Well, maybe that, that area is, you know, of the Grand. But uh, now, somebody said that they heard, had heard a shot. And that's... Uh, What's actually sent the riot going even more. Um, but the MGM executive, Jack Leon, said, quote, there was no gunfire. And this was in the aftermath of the whole thing. Now, uh, Ray Flynn, who was a, the police captain, also reiterated that we can't prove, quote, that we can't prove that there was a shots fired and that uh that there it did say that there was a fight but that was it i mean honestly this wouldn't be the first time or last time that shots would be fired near a mike tyson fight anyway yeah you know i mean yeah he just said that people there was a fight and people started running because of the fight but that but that was it there was no other no nothing because i'm pretty Uh, sure i can't remember if it was biggie or tupac was killed after a fucking mike tyson fight it might have been this one uh, it was actually after this one. It was after this one. Yeah. That's another episode on its own right there, though. It was actually Tupac. He was killed. At, he was actually at this fight, and um, he got he was shot after. Yeah. That's another episode on its own. Yeah. Like, that, that's something we could do, because that was insane. Um, so, restaurants inside the MGM were boarded their doors to keep the whole shit show out. And basically... It just, the whole place got shot, had to get shut down. And the result was the gambling tables inside the casino were closed for two hours. And one of the busiest nights of the year. And several hundred, uh, several high rollers in town were eager to flash their cash. Couldn't do it. Yeah. Because, you know, fuck it. So, yeah. So, now let's, uh, we can watch the, we'll go ahead and watch it. All right. So, it's uh, it's in round three. And the bite takes place at a, with about, I don't know, 50-ish seconds left in the fight, from the looks of it here. Maybe 40, 45 seconds, something like that. But again, uh, Mike Tyson's been getting fucking headbutted this entire fight. And they clinch up here, and he fucking chomps down, and Holyfield's jumping up and down, swinging his feet and shit. Mills Lane's calling for timeout, and Mike Tyson's like, no, fuck this guy, I'm going to keep hitting him. Um, that may have been the first bite, actually. No, that was actually the last bite. Was it? Okay, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, because Holyfield's got blood all over his right shoulder. I didn't realize how much his head looks like a penis, too. (laughs) (laughs) But that that cut over Tyson's right eye is from a headbutt. But, I mean, previously he had been bitten and he he complained about it. Oh, goddamn, look at that thing. Oh, oh, boy, that's bad. And And that's with a mouth guard in, too. Yeah. Um, and you can find this. You can find this on YouTube. It's not hard to find. Just put, punch in Mike Tyson Evander Holyfield too, and you can watch this entire fight. Yeah, um, exactly. And, and you could hear 
you know, uh, the great Mills Lane talking about Mills Lane of celebrity deathmatch fans. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, talking about the whole thing, and you know, he's like, "This is basically at the point where he's like." You're done. We're done. And Tyson's like, I'm going to fucking kill you. He looked, it... The look in his face, he is terrifying. Holy shit, look at that fat guy. Big fat hairy bastard out of the apron of the ring. <laughs> yeah, doctors are checking everything. Now, let me ask you a question. If this fight had not ended this way, if had there not been the bite, who do you think would have won this? Uh... I'm not quite sure on that one. I think eventually they would have caught on to the fact that he was headbutting Tyson and they would have docked Holyfield points. But I think Tyson would have knocked his ass out regardless. Because this was, this was like peak scary-ass Mike Tyson. Uh, well, this, this is, is like... towards the end of, end of his career, but still, he was... Well, it was, was that guy. That guy looks like he owns a fucking sub shop. Th- actually, this was, I think, the end of his career, basically. Because yeah. I don't think... This wasn't like... This was when he had a mental fucking breakdown. And. Oh, no, that was the first bite we just watched there, buddy, because this keeps going. So that was the first bite. And then there was like, it looks like it was the first bite. No, that was the second. No, we got another round coming up. Oh. oh that's true. He bites him again. Yeah. Oh, so it's the end of the round here. Um, end of round three. And then. Then it's just replaced from there because I think the doctors step in and stop this fight. He because... tried. No, he tr- it says he tried to bite my other ear. Yeah. Which, if you if you ever listen to a Vander Holyfield talk, he is mush brained. He's been hit in the head so many fucking times. Because he comes swings and then he fucking and yeah. Like... Here's the bite again. Just Mike hungry. Mike's Mike bite. He fucking clopped him good too. So let's let's skip forward a little bit here to the uh, to the what turns into the brawl. Uh, we're gonna jump it up to about uh, oh, fifteen minutes into this video. A little, another replay. Holyfield hit a, a good one. If Tyson had landed that shot, he would have killed him. That was a and then the bite crunch. Imagine the noise in your head of somebody biting your yeah. head. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got all the officials and uh, Mike Tyson's official fucking sub-manufacturer with him as well. And here's the fight. All these guys in red coats are all security staff, or all event staff. And then the uh, the brown shirts, obviously, are police. Um, no, uh, here, here, yeah, yeah, he's trying to hold Tyson's the... Po- swinging on the fucking cops. Yeah. <laughs> the cops are trying to hold him off. They're like, they're like fucking... And then more cops just fucking swarm into the... Yeah into it and nightsticks come out and holyfield's you know, just standing here they like had i don't first know started, what's going on well they first it, tyson was trying to go after uh holyfield's corner right and then the um the ushers or whatever you want to call them the ringside security I was like all right you know we gotta knock this shit off and then the sheriffs were like all right yeah, we're, we're step stepping the here. fuck in and tyson starts swinging on them I mean, conservatively, what do you think? Seventy people in the ring at this point. Yeah, and really, I think Tyson. I think I saw something with Tyson later on. He was basically saying he he was just out of his, you know, he he had just he was nuts at this point. Yeah, it wasn't. Uh, he he didn't have control of his own his own faculties, um, and the, these two actually sat down a few years ago on Mike Tyson's podcast and and. 
uh, talked about this fight and like basically apologized to each other for being dickheads. Yeah. But still, uh, Mike Tyson's one of those guys where if he hadn't got all fucked up in the weird shit, he would have been the best of all time. Uh, the whole was it Michael? Was it uh, was it Michael Spinks that knocked him? That no, he knocked Michael Spinks out. I'm trying to think of who the guy was that knocked him out. Son of a bitch! Somebody's gonna tell me. Um, but that's like that's like his his one actual got beat loss, not lost the fight, but got beat loss. Um, but he he was so fucking good in the ring. Yeah, but so I mean, good. He he just kind of I think I think this is when his uh, mental instability kind of. Yeah. Oh, here he goes again. Holy shit. Oh yeah, he he, he was just fucking. I don't know, kind of crazy, and they're just, like, trying to get them the fuck out of the ring. Yeah, they're just like, you need to fucking calm down. And but... I think this is this is the point where he, in his career, after, like, a little while after this, he, he realized that I'm not on a... I wasn't not, I'm not in a good mindset. I'm not in a good place, of my, place to be in life. No, this is around the same time he bought a tiger also. Yeah. And, like, walked it around his house on a fucking giant chain in his underwear. Because he's Mike Tyson, and he's fucking crazy. Of course. But nowadays, he seems like he's kind of mellowed out. And uh, if, if you watch anything with him now, he's he's very apologetic for all of his dumb shit that he did. And you kind of have to applaud him for that. You know, be like, hey, I was an asshole, but I'm, I've changed and I'm trying to be a better influence on the community that I live in. So, you know, good for you, Mike. You know, and fuck Evander Holyfield. I never liked him anyway. But Mills Lane is a goddamn legend. But anyway, for our final one of the episode, we're going to cover one of the one of the better known of like sporting events like this. Um, this and is it's probably like the best brawl of basketball history. Yeah. And when you think basketball, you don't necessarily think. Brawls. Brawls or violence, you know, but it happens. <laughs> Not too much, yeah. Um, so we're going to go back to November 19th of 2004 at the Palace of Auburn Hills in Detroit, Michigan, and talk about an event that became known as Malice at the Palace. So the Indiana Pacers and Detroit Pistons have a pretty intense rivalry. Yeah. Um, they're, they're close to each other. They're in the same division. They're close to each other. Uh, geographically. So it's one of those things where they see a lot of each other and the fans get really into it because they just dislike each other. Yeah. So you, you have the same thing with like the Bulls and the Pistons is not their decent rivalry, uh-huh. even though neither team has been good in, in the last, I don't know, 20 fucking years. Uh, the you Bulls know. have been pretty good. Bulls have been. Compared to what they were, no, they haven't. Well, this wasn't 1992, 93, or yeah. whatever. This isn't the fucking bulls of Scotty Pippen. And, let, I was going to say, let's see. How, and, ma- how many of the starting five can we name from the fucking bulls when they were winning championships? Oh, don't fucking get me started. Michael Jordan, Scotty Pippen, Tony Kukoc, uh, Paxson, and missing one here, BJ Armstrong. Pretty decent, pretty good fucking team. Not even close. You know, what? Was I off? Michael Jordan. Uh Uh-huh. Scottie Pippen. Yep. Horace Grant. Oh, I forgot about Ho Grant. He was fucking awesome. Then you have, uh, well, let's see, John Paxson. 
<clears throat> was the first one, and that was he was the guard, and then you had uh, uh, God damn it, uh, I can I can see his big ass in the fucking center. Uh, oh, Dennis Rodman. No, that that well, yes, he was he was one of the other starting five right. for the championship. Uh, but uh, oh fuck, I can't think of his oh Bill Cartwright. Oh, it's uh, fucking yeah. giant stiff white Bill dude. Right. Yeah. No black white black guy. Who am I? Oh, I'm thinking of Ku Coach was the big stiff white guy. Uh, and then there was well, then there was uh, then the other one was Jordan Pippen, Rodman, Rodman, Ku Coach. Well, no, well, yeah, and then there was uh, uh. Well, he's now the coach of the fuck. Now the coach of uh, of the Golden State Warriors. Uh, can't think of his name. Fuck, but that guy too. Okay, so uh, between the two of us, we just named every fucking championship. <laughs> and but B.J. The, Armstrong was also in there that the Bulls have won. <laughs> and then there was you know a couple other guys. So when, were... when the argument, when people want to make the argument, LeBron's just as good as Michael. No, he's not. Yeah, let's see. How many times? Did, how many? How many championships did Michael Jordan lose? Zero, 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 zero. One. No. Yeah. They, who? When? Back when he was younger. Oh, his. Okay, the first fucking one. Okay, so he was like what six and one in the championship in in championship wins. Wow. Well, how many LeBron got? Uh, LeBron's got a couple. Yeah. How many did he get with his with his uh? team that he was drafted by and stayed with for his entire fucking career one. until he was a million years old and then bought his own team well okay one first off a he had won and but yeah but jordan didn't stay with him his whole career he actually went to uh washington, washington wizards after he bought the team <laughs> no he actually played for them but he also owned the team <laughs> and then bought then bought him yeah. yeah but he was also bad at that point no he actually was pretty good eh. he played every single fucking game uh, and I don't know, scored quite a bit of points, but still, he was only like thirty nine or forty, something like that. But still, he didn't have to go and have a super team built around him, and then no. go and have another super team built around him, and then go and have another super team built around him to try to replace Kobe Bryant, who there's no fucking. <clears throat> no, no, the way. whole point of him being drafted was to have a team built around him. Yeah, and then he's a selfish prick. And no, no, has no, no to... I'm saying uh, Jordan. Oh well, yeah, and also a selfish was... prick, but. And but, he'd be the first one to tell you that, too. But that selfish prick could fucking shoot the ball. And he he could passing. do everything, and that's why he was so good. Yeah, and he actually, like, wanted Scottie Pippen on his team because yeah. he, he had heard about him. This giant Easter Island-ass head. And he was like, oh, we want him, and, you know, he's that fucking good. So Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> so enough basketball. Let's get back to the basketball. <laughs> So between the the Pistons and the Pacers, there's always been like personal disagreements between the players yeah. because they see each other so often. They're like they're friendly off the court, but when you go to you go to the court, that's work, and you gotta you gotta play your ass off. Yes. So the main characters that we're gonna be talking about here are Stephen Jackson. Though this is from the Pacers half of it. So you've got Stephen Jackson, mm-hmm. Jermaine O'Neal. Ron Artest, who was a fucking maniac. You mean Meta World Peace? No, I mean Ron Artest. Oh. <laughs> I refuse to call him that. He's, he's Ron Artest. He always will be. 
He can change his name, but he's still a fucking maniac. And of course, one of my personal favorite players, I know you dislike him. I loved Reggie Miller. Yeah. He's a great player, but he, he looked like a fucking right. he looked yeah. like a gray. Like he definitely came from a different planet to play basketball Listen, like if it Space was, Jam style. If we're talking if we're talking uh Oh, Space Jam, or not Space Jam, but uh, uh, NBA Jam player I had to take. Okay, I'm taking Reggie fucking Miller. But then again, you talking fucking NBA Jam, you could have also taken the Pistons and had Grant Hill, who again was fucking awesome. Uh, not in the original Space Jam. Not in the original uh, NBA, Jam. NBA Jam. Really? Yeah. I thought he was. I uh, don't think huh. so. The original was... Yeah, I don't think I don't think uh, he was in the original. I don't know. And then on the on the Pistons half of it, the only guy that really gets super involved in this whole thing is Ben Wallace, and that's because Ben Wallace and Ron Artest kind of get into it a little bit. Yeah. So we'll set the scene and then we'll go into the video. So there's less than a minute left in the game. Indiana's up ninety-seven, eighty-two. Game's over at this point. There is no coming back. At this rate, the game's over. Ball gets passed into Ben Wallace, uh, who is six foot, uh, who is six foot nine, unless you count his magnificent afro, then he's probably closer to like seven one, seven two. Um, so he's driving into the, driving into the hoop, goes up for a, a layup, and Ron Artest fouls him really, really hard from behind for no reason. Um, Wallace goes up for the shot, and Artest basically forearms him in the back in the, in the back of the head. Um, Wallace obviously takes offense, mm-hmm. and then turns and goes to push Artest, and he kind of gets him in the face and in the chest all in one shot. Yeah, and then they get into it. Um, so I think our best bet here is to just get into the video once I get it open, and uh, we'll go from there. So again, if you want to follow along with us, this is about a 15-minute video clip, but you can find it uh, on YouTube. We did all of this stuff where you can watch it on YouTube because YouTube don't cost nobody shit. Uh-huh. Um, you can just punch in Malice at the Palace, and you'll get thousands of hits for this. Um, also, Netflix has a really, really good documentary. Um, it's called... I just had it here. That's called Untold, Malice at the Palace, and you get a lot of... A lot of behind-the-scenes stuff with that. So the original NBA Jam, the two guys mm-hmm. were Isaiah Thomas and Bill Lambeer. For Detroit? Uh-huh. No shit. I forgot Isaiah Thomas played for Detroit. Whoa. He was one of the original bad boys. I know, but I, for some reason, I think Isaiah Thomas, I think the Knicks. Uh-huh. I don't know why. And then, uh, but Bill Lambeer was another like the, seven foot tall Pacers, white dude that was just fucking stiff as a board. The Pacers was Reggie Miller and Detlef Shrimp. Oh, Jesus Christ. Speaking of giant white men, Detlef. and he's German too, so he's super white. Uh, is I don't, he is, is he's either German or he's, uh, uh, from the Netherlands. I'm pretty sure he's German. I don't know. No, doesn't matter. I mean, he's, I mean, he's, yeah, he's not a fucking really tall, nine foot tall white guy with a huge ass. So, <laughs> not as tall as. Uh... But he wasn't like the greatest team in there. The greatest team was Carl Malone and John Stockton. I don't know, dude. Who did the Celtics have at that point? Uh, the Celtics. Oh well. Also, well, actually, I take that back, because the SuperSonics 
had Sean Kemp and, and Gary Payton. No. No? No, uh Benoit Benjamin. Oh, okay. That was in the next one. That Dude, had, Sean Kemp uh, apparently has like thirty five kids too. Uh, I but I mean, you're a professional athlete. You can just lay pipe like a fucking champ. You might as well. <laughs> I mean, the because the Celtics would have had like. Was, I don't think was, they would have had Larry Bird. The Celtics, they didn't have fucking like Pippen and Bull and and Jordan. No, no they were on the Bulls. I'm sorry. I'm, t- I'm talking about the Bulls. Oh, they didn't have Pippen and Jordan. No, they had Kukoc and. No, they had Pippen and Horace Grant. Oh, that's right. Okay. I mean, good one. Well, fuck, even, like, the Lakers had James Worthy and Lottie Devot. Oh, dude, I love that guy. Lottie Devot. But Vl- him and fucking uh, Hedu Turkaloo. You remember him? Yeah. That fucking weird-looking Bulgarian fuck with the flat face? Shooting threes like a motherfucker, though. Uh, oh. And every time it. I had a basketball game, I would trade specifically for Hedu Turkaloo to get him on my team. <laughs> uh, Celtics had McHale and uh, Reggie Lewis. Okay. So, I mean, you had Kevin McHale, who... Uh, it wasn't a, wasn't a bad combination. No. That I was mean, when the Celtics were bad, though. Yeah. <laughs> After they lost the Great White Hope and Larry Bird. <laughs> if you watch him shoot, you're like... You watch any, any like, highlight reels with him, you're watching, and he's, like, the exact opposite of Michael Jordan, where Jordan was, like, all finesse and just played beautifully. And Larry Bird was just like, how the fuck is that going in? Taking weird goddamn shots from backwards up over his fucking head, and it just goes in. He just he knew how to do it, and he was ridiculous. Yeah, he he really needed to get rid of that mustache sooner though, because he looked like a child predator. <laughs> but also, when you walk into the locker room at the three point tournament and go, "Okay, so uh, I'm gonna get changed," and who is taking second place after we leave here? Because nobody's beating me, and mean it. Because he was Larry fucking Bird. And he was amazing. So, yeah. I mean. Yeah. Anyway, you ready to get into this? Yeah. Okay. So, here we go. Uh, like I said, just punch in Malice at the Palace on YouTube. Um, and we're going to hit play. So, we got, uh, I don't remember who it was coming down the court with the ball. I'm assuming whoever the point guard was at the time. Uh, kicks it over to whoever, then into Ben Wallace, goes up for a, what would have been an easy layup, and Ron Artest elbows him in the fucking head. Hmm. And here we go. Uh, Artest and uh, Wallace are just fucking still arguing and bickering back and forth. And what, what, shoving and shit. And Kevin uh, didn't mention that the that Ben Wallace had actually lost his brother. Yeah, within like it was a, like within a week of this beforehand, yeah. he had lost his, his uh, brother. Um, not sure how it happened, but yeah. Uh, now we got Ron Artest laying on the timekeeper timekeeper's table, which is very unorthodox for basketball. Yeah. Um, and they're just you know here he's just fucking chilling out. Um, and he had actually he was actually going through uh, therapy at this point in time for some anger management issues, and uh, his therapist told him if you're you're in a situation, give yourself five seconds, to just breathe. Um, you know, Ben Wallace is throwing fucking wristbands and shit at him. And they're still just kind of, you know, yelling back and forth. This is normal. This would have been nothing. If this is all it had come to, no big deal. Yeah. You know, and Rashid Wallace, who looks like fucking Method Man, <laughs> but like a foot and a half taller, is over there yelling at people. Another guy with a real bad temper was Rashid Wallace. 
But if I had a, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't like a, a a hard hard foul. Yeah, but it wasn't necessary. I mean, well, whatever. It wasn't like I said. It wasn't a hard foul. I think just Ben Wallace just kind of overreacted a little bit. You know, a little bit of a drama queen. But like, hey, everybody's calming down. All good. Yeah, and you know, and fucking Reggie Miller's on the scene. And here it comes. Ron Artest just got hit in the head with a water bottle from the stands. And we're about to see some moderately gangster shit as he goes up and beats the fuck out of this fan. And Steven Jackson, who is a maniac, comes up and hits this other dude from like three seats away with his long ass yeah. arms. And he's fucking stomping on this guy and punching <laughs> him and shit. Um, Steven Jackson has a pretty substantial criminal record, too, if you've ever looked into him. He is not a good guy. Um, now we got a bunch of fans getting in on it. We're trying to get these giant men off of other fans. Uh, Rasheed, Rasheed Wallace, Wallace jumps over the fucking announce the the timekeeper's table and is trying to cool everybody off, and getting blocked there. So they're trying to get the the players out of here, and Stephen Jackson will not leave. Um, ben Wallace is getting ready to head back over, and then. A lot of the players are getting pushed off the fucking. Yeah, so we've got we've got our, our instigator here. Ron Artest is back on the floor, and stuff looks like it's starting to calm down a little bit. Don't be fooled, because it's about to fucking pop off again here. Um, because a fan here in just a second decides he's going to run down and fucking square up with Ron Artest, which is a piss poor <laughs> idea. Um. And I've got a little bit of backstory on the fan, too, after we get through with this. Um, Referees and stadium officials trying to get everybody to fucking calm down and get off the floor. And it's a a nightmare. Like, there's just dumb bullshit going on. And I think, like, 13 dudes get suspended out of this whole ordeal, too. Um, Oh, they didn't... Okay, this Okay, so we didn't see the clip here, but at one point in time... Before they pull our test back into the the locker room, a fan jumps out of the stands and squares up with him, like he wants to fight him. And then uh, Jermaine O'Neal comes flying over, and thank Christ he slipped, or else he would have turned the guy into a fucking wristwatch, because he came running fully cocked, fist back. And if he'd hit the guy, he would have killed him. Like yeah. I, no doubt about it. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it, they're, they're fighting with Steven Jackson here. Uh, no, I'm sorry. This is Jermaine O'Neal. They're trying to get off the court. People are throwing shit and beer and they're popcorn at him. chairs and they're throwing a whole bunch of shit. It's and... disgusting, this acting like this at a fucking <laughs> at a basketball game. It's so stupid. Yeah. Um, but that's basically the end of the action there, I think. Um, unless we get the, a different side here where we can actually see it, where he comes down onto the floor. But I don't think we're going to. But, um, so the fan that squares up with our test that you can find in different clips, he is one of these guys that he had season tickets. He was always a problem. He was always drunk, heckling the players, throwing shit at him on the bench. And before the game, if you watch the documentary I mentioned before, um, two of the cops that had pulled, two of the Detroit cops that had pulled security for it had been told by, um, like by team officials hey there's this one guy oh, right there. oh yeah right here okay so yeah so our test gets a couple of shots in on him right so that's at uh the one that we're watching that's at what are we looking at timestamp wise here about nine minutes in and our test throws a couple shots 
and falls back into the cameraman, which is where you miss. Here comes, yeah, if he had actually connected, he would have knocked that motherfucker clean he out. He did, actually. He, he, he didn't connect that good, though, because he slipped. No. <clears throat> um, but Drew Maine O'Neill is also, like, six foot ten, so another big fucking dude. Um, but that fan, they were actually going to, at the end of the game, when he was leaving, um, team officials were going to pull him aside and revoke his season tickets because he was such a dickhead while he was there. And after he got popped, they pulled him back into a uh, some official's office, and the woman that was sitting there heard him and his buddy kind of talking back and forth of, you know, imagine how much money we could get out of this if we actually got hurt, yada, yada, yada. And then when he turns up at the police station later, he's got a fucking black eye and he's all beat to shit. Pretty sure him and his buddy fucked each other up in the parking lot just to make it look like they got it worse than they actually did. Um, <laughs> in the documentary, if you keep if you watch it after this point, it gets into a lot of really weird shit with the media basically calling all of these guys like fucking thugs and they're no good. They're getting really shitty about it. Like this this behavior is un un you know unneeded yada 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 and. Essentially, it comes down to the fact that the way it feels in the documentary is is this is a large group of African-American men, and they should not be allowed to do this because you get them together in groups and they get violent, which isn't true. This was all it has nothing to do with race. This could have happened with fucking anybody. You get a hard foul when it's not really needed. The game's already over. Tempers flare. And then shithead fans start throwing stuff at people because they don't under they don't get the 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 gist of everything, right. the genesis claw or whatever you right. want to say. You know, of you everything. Don't have to speak Spanish on this show. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> they don't get anything. You yeah, know, they don't get it. So you know, it's just kind of stupid. Yeah, but and if you, I highly recommend watching the documentary because you get to see a lot of the personalities that these guys have where like Ron Artest is, I don't want to call him crazy. No, he's crazy. He kind of reminds me of Ray Lewis a little bit where he's like, he's crazy, but he's smart. Yeah. And he also seems like he could potentially be physically dangerous. Hmm. Um, then you have Jermaine O'Neal who, after he retired, um, I want to say he became a born again Christian and he started doing a lot of like work with like, kids organizations for basketball and uh and like less fortunate areas so he seems like like super clean cut very intelligent guy that kind of as he got older his temper went away and he went okay now i'm an adult i want to help people that well, are less fortunate than i me. find that, that that with basketball that's one of the few major sports where the players actually do a whole lot more after they've retired. Right. You know, than what they could do when they're, you know, when they're on the court or on the field or whatever. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's, uh, I mean, football's the same way. You know, a lot of them actually like, well, no, not really. Not as much as basketball. Right. <laughs> basketball and baseball are the two that have, I, I want to say, the most positive outreach with their communities. Because baseball, like, those guys are always going, like, 
they're doing um they're always doing like uh uh St. Jude stuff. They're doing um a lot of youth organizational stuff and then you have these guys like uh well, football does too. I mean, there's a lot of guys that that they all all have to do it. They, they have to do it. They don't want to do it a lot. I mean, but then there's but once they get out of the spotlight there's very few. There's, you know, not everybody's Deion Sanders, right? Who dresses up like some random person or whatever, and he goes and changes the lives of people. Yeah, you know, I mean, when you change the life of you know several coaches or you know or whatever, that kind of uh, kind of you know. And you know, Deion Sanders is something. one of those guys that grew up. You know what I mean? Yeah, because like when he was playing. He had a fucking temper. He was a cocky prick. He don't get me wrong. He was fucking amazing, but yeah. he was just he was kind of a douche. But, but now that he's but he was a douche because well a, Dion, was the man. Right. He, there was you know he could guard anybody. Right. But he was one of those guys where when he was playing, people were like, I fucking hate this guy. He's got a shit attitude. I don't really like him. And then you see him out outside of playing football, and you're like. He's a good guy. I was just sad that he was on the on the the Falcons because I mean they had a shit team. Yeah, as then opposed he... to our other gentleman that was involved in this whole thing, where we you watch the documentary, Stephen Jackson still looks like he would rob you at fucking knife point. <laughs> he seems like the kind of the guy that would like fucking jump you in the street and steal your shit. Yeah, and it's it's nothing to do with race. It's because he just seems like the kind of dude. That he's got a fucking bad temper, he's got a bad attitude, and he just wants to fucking fight people, it seems like. He's kind of like Bill Lambeer. Bill Lambeer Yeah, Bill was... Lambeer was kind of a cunt, too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they dirty motherfucker. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, everybody would th- uh, thinks that Rodman had would have a t- had a temper of the whole group. You know, Rodman was boys. just fucking crazy. Rodman was an eccentric, act- weird dude. Yeah, well, he didn't really get that way until, you know... After the whole like until he until he went to Chicago, and, that's yeah. when he got real weird. Because like when he played in Detroit, he was just a just a motherfucker. Like he would clothesline <laughs> clothesline people going up for shots and shit. Yeah, but what really set him off was uh, when his coach Chuck, uh, what's his name, got shit canned or whatever. That kind of fucked him all up. He yeah, almost, like was gonna commit suicide and. It it was because, you know, I don't know, something where you don't have a dad around. It kind of, you know. Yeah. It, and a guy becomes like your dad figure in your life who, who really resonates with you. Yeah. You and know. I, I'm going to I'm going to mention another show here that doesn't need our help getting anything because they're 10 times larger than we are listener wise and downloads and all that shit. Crime and sports. One of the. One of the main running themes on that show is they ask a question where a lot of the times, like a lot of these pro athletes grow up without a father figure. And they ask the question, is it better for dad to have taken off early or is it better to have had him there and beat the shit out of everybody in the family? You know, there's very few of these guys that come from like professional athletes in general that go on to do crazy shit like what we've just been talking about that grow up in a, with a normal family dynamic. It's either, you know, they've got just mom at home 
or dad's there too and he's a alcoholic or a drug addict and he just fucking pounds on everybody so that's a, that's one of those things you got to think about is like is it better to grow up without dad or to have him there and fucking beat on everybody you know yeah and i mean there it, it's it's weird because there's a lot of and again highly recommend just go listen to that show there's a lot of people that we've mentioned here today that have episodes dedicated specifically to them like mm. Dennis Rodman um I'm pretty sure Ron Artest has an episode. I want to say Steven Jackson has one as well. Um, And if you're going to listen to all of them, don't just find a guy that you know. Listen to all of the shit because those are the the, the crazy ones are the ones people you've never fucking heard of. Um, But, yeah, I I wouldn't hesitate to do some more sports shit on here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Billy Martin, I think, deserves his own episode because he was fucking nuts. (laughs) yeah, and just like we could just do weird events in sports, like the, um, you know, the whole thing with Pete Rose, where, goddamn, he was a great player. He was a fantastic manager, and then he got shit canned for betting on his own team to win, which is fucked to me. I hey, don't understand that. Whatever. I don't think I don't think uh, the two are related. I mean, no. if you can go to the Hall of Fame as a manager and a, and then the Hall of Fame as a coach or as a uh, player Mm -hmm. and you can go to the hall of fame you know you could go hall of fame as a manager but not as a player right or as a player but not as a manager well and then i think you can actually go both too yeah like i said but they should be separate they're separated exactly you know i think they should you know pete rose was a fucking fantastic player oh yeah well here's another example with a, a professional athlete that lost his goddamn mind where if you can separate the two things Chris Benoit, incredible in the ring, fantastic wrestler. And then after certain events take place in his life where he's been abusing steroids, he's clearly got brain damage. They have proof that he had early onset dementia from brain damage. And then one of his best friends in the whole world dies. And then everything just kind of, falls down in on himself and he does something awful. And that's yep. the thing with, with him is you, people don't separate the two and you, you kind of, if you're a wrestling fan, you can where you can go, man, I fucking loved watching him wrestle. He was, he was kick ass. He was so good, but he was also not a good person at the end because he did awful, you know, something, he did something really, really bad where, I'm not saying he was an awful person. I'm just no. That. He wasn't an awful person. He he had he had a he had a a demon a condition where yeah. he a condition. You know, they that the, just... when they did the autopsy, they found that he, the the CTE was so bad that his brain was in the same condition as like an 85 year old man with Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. It, <clears throat> but you can't take away what he did professionally, yeah. and that's what sucks is. You go to try to watch stuff where you'd find him, and it's all been fucking scrubbed. Like, he never existed because of what he did. Yeah. Which, there's no forgiving that. No. There's none. Absolutely none. But, you know. Life is what life is, and it's hap- everything happens for a reason. Yeah. <clears throat> no matter what, you know, but. But I totally agree with you with the Pete Rose thing. As a player, fucking Hall of Fame first ballot, no questions asked. Exactly. exactly. As a manager, we can say no because 
even though he was a good manager, he did some stupid shit. It's not like he bet against it, <clears throat> bet on his team to lose. He was betting on them to win. It's like Shoeless Joe Jackson. Yeah, that's another one. Bet on bet uh, supposedly bet on his team to lose, but if you go back and look at his his uh, look at everything from the series, his uh, his batting average, his whatever, and everything else, it actually was really fucking good. Yeah. For a guy that didn't want to win. Yeah. Supposedly. But anyway, with that yeah. said, so uh, if you want to look for a pair of headphones, earbuds, all that good stuff, or Bluetooth speaker, look no further than studio.com. Go check them out. Uh, find what you want, put it in your basket, and use the promo code of DarkWindows15 to get 15% off your entire purchase. Uh, and like Kevin said at the beginning of the show, also you can go over to. Uh, to our our site, yeah. You if you if you of ageofradio.org is oh, where our our podcast site where you can listen to every episode that we've ever recorded. Um, you can find other shows on there. You can find your next favorite podcast on there. I guarantee it. Uh, highly recommend if if you're into true crime, we've got that. If you're into weird shit, we've got that. We've got that covered, and so does Justin at Mysterious Circumstances because he's fucking fantastic. Um. You there's, find anything. That there's you there's want. comic book related stuff. There's it's if you're interested in any kind of shit, if you can nerd out on anything, we've got it. Um, but I was actually thinking of uh, what I was saying at the beginning of the show. I was thinking of yeah our our merchandise. Yeah, you can go cause... over to any of our social medias like Facebook or Instagram, and if you look back through our stories on Instagram, um, and <clears throat> I believe it's tagged as an announcement at the very tippity top of the Facebook page. With all the different uh, designs that we have available at the moment for T-shirts and stickers, um, and if you're interested in any of that, you can shoot us an email at DWP Merch. That is D W P M E R C H at gmail.com. Uh, stickers are three dollars. The in-house designs that we have are twenty-two for the shirts, and the uh, Lizard Man Unabomber, which has been fairly popular so far. And our Varg black metal shirts that were designed by one of our buddies over on Instagram. Those are going for 25 yeah. And we don't charge you for shipping. And we don't charge you for needing an extra size. Because I hate that bullshit when I go to buy a shirt and I'm like, I need a 2X. Why is it fucking $5 more? Why? Fuck you. Dumb. I don't know. You, you know what? I'd almost go the other way. You know what? You want a small shirt? Extra dollar. Fuck you. Yeah. Skinny ass. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you can find us on Instagram, as Kevin said, and on Twitter, uh, Dark Windows Pod. On uh, Instagram and Twitter? Yeah. That's what I said. You did. I did. Just wasn't listening. <laughs> I was listening too hard. Uh, you were listening so intently. I was. I was like scraping my shoe. And we're at Dark Windows Podcast uh, on Facebook. Uh, and you can, if you want to email us, you can. Not too many people do, but you can. We're our our email address is darkwindowspod at gmail dot com, yep. um, and I'm a. If you want to send us a message, I'm Kevin Hire on on Facebook, uh, and he's Kevin Kev Carlton. Yep. On Facebook, so because some bitch stole my shit and I had yeah. to use my backup account. <laughs> so you can drop us a line on there, either one. Yeah, a lot of people do. Or shit, just join the Facebook page and or throw comments out there. We'll start exactly. some conversations with people. It's fun. Exactly. So, yeah. Uh, and So we'll be back next week 
with our road trip to Maryland. Yes. Yes. Alphabetically, it's Maryland. Maryland. Um, For, you know, because it's holiday season, what the fuck? Why don't we just, and, you know, why don't we just, uh, you know, do a little road tripping? Yeah, fuck it. You know, because everybody's on a road trip for, you know, most people go for road trips for, you know, for uh, holidays. So what the hell? Yeah, and I've been to Maryland once, so why I've not? Been, I've been to Maryland a, a million lot. fucking times. <laughs> and I'm actually talking about some things from places I've been. Nice. So, yeah, until then. Oh, I'll, one, one more quick thing. I've been tinkering around with an idea that I'm going to have to talk to Kevin off the air about. Um, I think we're going to try to introduce a new dynamic to the show next year that'll make shit a little interesting. <laughs> okay. But we'll uh, we'll save that until after we discuss it. And then uh, we'll fucking see how that goes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but until cool. then, just because you can't see out into the dark doesn't mean that the dark can't see into you. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.